Well, Patrick, thank you for having us here and willing to have this conversation. First, I want to start by asking your authorization to record this recording, this conversation. Yes, you, you have that authorization. Thank you. Um, so let's start with the, we're, talk, we're going to talk about the Otomo, Otomo? Mm-hmm. Otomo, yeah. Otomo Better Block. And the idea is, when you were called for this project, what problem did they present to you? Or what did they want it there? Uh, I think there are a number of, uh, of different issues that were, were going on in the community. And, and um, some of them were unique to Otomo, but uh, many of them were also um, stereotypical of of towns of that size, 25, 20,000, uh, you know, uh, population towns, uh, more in, in middle and, and rural America, um, that had really, you know, really great downtowns that were built in the 30s and 40s and even back into the 20s, uh, but had seen those towns and those downtowns turn into ways where people drove through, um, you know, to, to get to the highway or, or, or to bypass, um, you know, through those areas. Um, in recent years, you'd seen some life uh, coming back to those communities, um, and, uh, and particularly uh, in Iowa, they have a very strong Main Street um, Association, State Association, and it works very hard to uh, preserve uh, the old Main Streets in Iowa and, and improve upon them. Um, but there was still a, a lacking of, um, of action. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot, of, uh, a lot of great planning and uh, Efforts that were going on in Atomwa, a lot of three-year, five-year, twenty-year uh, plans. Um, but uh, as the community members uh, w- would say, at some point, um, you've got to stop planning and, and doing some action. Um, so some of the big issues that they were, they had brought up was uh, the community had a, a good bike trail that ran along the river, uh, but that didn't connect to downtown. Uh, they brought up the idea that people still use Main Street as a thoroughfare, sometimes driving fairly quickly down there. Um, they also brought up the fact that there wasn't anything for, for kids to do. There were no parks, um, you know, really right there along Main Street. Uh, and there wasn't a lot of stuff or businesses for, for kids to do. And there was a little bit of lack of, a, of, a, of energy. So you would have a, you know, a cool restaurant on one corner, but you'd have to walk two blocks to go to the other thing. Uh, so I think those are the, the ideas that... Um, that we saw when we visited Otamwa, um, that they articulated us to say, this is what's going on in our community. Okay, and what did you guys do to understand the roots of the issue? So um, a lot of it is just visiting the community and listening. Um, I think one uh, mistake that a lot of designers and planners and architects uh, do is, um, you know, they they look at a street view of of a community or they look at, you know, um, you know, outside information, and, and they think they have the expertise to go in and just start doing. Uh, they don't take the time sometimes to listen, to understand the community, uh, and to just be there and and, and, and hear them. Uh, and so, a lot of what we did in Atamwa was, um, you know, we did a public presentation, and then we just walked around with the community for for an evening. We listened to them. They pointed out stuff. They told us a lot of local history and a lot of really unique things. Um, we, uh, we then you know, had um, six different meetings with a lot of different stakeholders the next day where we brought in folks and said, you know, let, let, let's talk about your community, you know, let's just have an open conversation about it. Um, and then we did a, a whole survey that was online uh, and was open for, um, for a while, um, you know, longer than a month, um, where we got uh, you know, a town of you know, 20,000 folks. You know, we got uh, oh, 
I think it was like 400 different responses, which is really, yeah. you know, a, a good sample size for a community, um, you know, that small. So a lot of it was just about listening and understanding what was going on in the community. Okay, thanks. Uh, how did you design the solutions for the better block? So when we heard uh, some of the issues that were going on, we, we, we got together as designers and, uh, and, and creatives and, and thought of interesting solutions that we could address. You know, part of them were, were, were more simple. Um, so how far away is the, you know, the, the, the bike trail along the river? Okay, well, it's not that far away. Well, there's no bike lane. Well, let's go ahead and paint a bike lane. So it was, it was some of that thought. Um, and, and just thinking through creative ways to say, um, you know, how do we, how do we make the street more lively and how do we, you know, pop up places for, uh, you know, for, for kids to be, so. Okay. Uh, so here I see that you had, let's talk that you have six, about six or seven, uh, design features, mm -hmm. like a cafe seating, bike lanes, parklet, street lights, mm -hmm. bike racks, I cannot pronounce, wayfinding Wayfinding signs, signs yeah. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. And trees mm -hmm. that you guys brought up, I mm -hmm. think. Okay. So, um, when you were having the opportunity to test these, all of these feature designs, um, how did this affect your decision during the design phase, knowing that this is temporary? So, um, I think it gives you a little bit of freedom um, to make those suggestions um, that might not normally come out. Um, so one of the things that uh, doesn't show in the concept plan, one of the things we did is uh, we did a, a, a pop-up playground um, in the community. Uh, there was a vacant lot that was there um, that was used for storage of construction materials. And um, the initial concept was we were going to build a... Um, uh, yeah, those are the pictures. So uh, this design concept came really out of um, a, a little bit of creativity and a little bit of necessity. So um, when we had the concert venue in that lot and we were thinking about having a, a playground area over there, uh, we realized we were going to string lights from one building, but we had nothing else to attach them to. Uh, and so um, our project manager, uh, Monica, uh, you know, said, can, can you think about that, Patrick? And, you know, Otamwa is the city of Bridges. Uh, and so we said, well, let's, let's give kids a... Uh, a, um, a playground structure that looks like a bridge that's tall enough where we can string the lights to. So we designed and built a bridge uh, so that the kids would have something not only to play with, but it also kind of anchored that spot um, and also helped do some of the string lights. Yeah. So, um, and I, I think part of the advantage in that, you know, you asked um, how does that affect your thought processes, you know, you, you can put that, that playground up and know that it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, because it is temporary, but it, it just gives people the idea of, oh gosh, if we did this in a day, what could we do if we really, you know, if we did this in a, you know, the, the pop-up playground was like $1,500 and we did it in a day, if we invested 10 times that and took, you know, a few weeks to build it, you know, what, what could you really create, you know, build there that would be lasting, so. Yeah, mm -hmm. nice. I like this view that you have all the different things. Yeah. So, uh, so why, which of these features that you put there, you wouldn't have put if this was a permanent, if they asked you to build a permanent project, we'll fund it, just make it permanent? Um, you know, I don't know if there's anything that we would not have done. Um, I mean, we would have taken more time and, and invested more in some of, the, uh, some of the aspects, but I think all of the things that we suggested were things that we thought um, 
would work on a permanent basis that um, were things that um, if you if you made the investment to make them permanent um, you know we thought they would all work okay well um, I'm sure you 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 thought that um, you mentioned a little bit before that having that they give you the flexibility to 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 bring new things to think new things mm -hmm. when you are when you're building this the fact that it was permanent and that one of the highlights mm -hmm. I was just thinking maybe one of these you wouldn't have, or not you as the designer, but maybe the, the owners, they wouldn't have agreed to. Oh, yeah. Have made yeah. It, or the city didn't, wouldn't have allowed, I don't know if like the, for example, outside seating was allowed or not, but I don't know if, because it was permanent, it was temporary, you as designers, but also the city and different stakeholders kind of like said okay you have a free pass for like a weekend yeah so I, and what what things if this was a permanent thing you think it would have been challenged to put it there i think the bike lanes um if it had been temporary uh, would have been a big challenge to put out there um i think the uh the playground uh, again would have been a challenge to put out there if that had been something that was uh, a permanent thing um and also some of the uh you know the, the bump outs that you see there so the, the purple colored stuff um, you know, again, because you're utilizing the city's right of way, um, it is a, a bigger challenge and it does take some time um, to, to go through that approval process. Uh, and, and many times they, the city may say, no, you know, we, we don't like this at all. So, um, you know, the bike lanes, the bump outs, um, and because of the, the right of way, and then probably the playground is because, um, you know, you, you want to be very mindful that it is safe um, <laughs> and it is a good location probably would have been the more difficult things to get approved permanently. Though from those three things, that uh, why did you, what was the benefit of including them? I the think because... Playground, it, bike lanes and the... Because it showcased what it could be. Um, just because uh, the city may not have included them, be thinking of them permanently, I think putting them out there um, in a temporary process uh, allowed community members to experience them um, even if over a weekend and that way they can reflect back and say is this something that I want permanently or is this something that I think um, didn't add to uh, my community what is the benefit of these curb extensions or bump out yeah, so the, the benefit of the curb extension of the bump out so if you have a, a street that is um, from one corner or from one curb to the other curb is say it's uh, 50 feet wide um, that takes a while to cross. If you create a bump out that's 10 feet wide on both sides, all of a sudden you've gone from 50 feet to 30 feet. You know, you've almost cut the distance in half and then it becomes much more of an area where people feel safe about crossing, where you're not sprinting across or where, you know, quite frankly, you know, younger you know, families with strollers or, you know, or senior citizens aren't having to, to really to hustle to make it across that street in time. Okay. Well, what is the benefit of bike lanes? In this project? So the, the two benefits of the bike lanes here, um, one was, again, it helps to uh, put the street on a little bit of a road diet, um, which slows down traffic, so people aren't speeding through Main Street, they're appreciating it more. Um, but it also gives uh, you know, individuals an opportunity to say, if you do live four miles away from downtown, you can ride your bike down the nice river trail that then connects into downtown, and it's this continuous bike lane where you feel protected, um, and you're, you're not having to make dangerous crossings. How does it affect for businesses that people can get there with their bikes? Um, you know, I think a lot of research has shown that, uh, especially in 
older downtowns or, or, or areas that were built uh, pre-war um, that increased non-vehicular traffic. So more people walking the street, more people biking down is better for businesses um, because, again, those areas are areas where people aren't doing commodity shopping. You're not going to Target to buy a pair of socks, but you're going for an experience. Um, and so the more people that are biking by, it's easier to see a storefront that's 20 feet wide. Uh, or walking by, it's easier to see something into a window than if you're driving in a car going 40 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. I like what you said over there about the experience. Um, how about the playground? What was the purpose of having the playground? You mentioned one was the identity with the mm -hmm. bridges, the second thing to hang the lights. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other thing was really, um, you know, Atamo has a lot of families in it. And when you walk uh, down Main Street, you know, there were no green spaces. There were limited uh, places for parks. Um, and, you know, what a lot of parents wanted, wanted was just an area where, you know, if they're going to stroll down downtown and it's a pleasant stroll, you know, it's one thing to be, you know, 35, you know, with your significant other walking down and it's nice. But if you have, you know, two kids who might be tugging on your shoulders and they're anxious and, and they don't care about this boutique shop or this cool restaurant... But then they see a playground, they're like, okay, I'm cool. So they get to run some energy out, and it's just really an area for where, where we want it to be welcoming to families. Nice. So if I'm correct, like three things of the, of the, the kids' playground is, mm -hmm. is uh, have a place for the families, mm -hmm. uh, reflect identity of the town, and, uh, well, in this case, a practicality, which is connect, like supporting the lights. Yeah, yeah. Which the lights, I'm sure, like once mm -hmm. night is, is hitting, is making these look very welcoming. Mm -hmm. Why why put lights there? So I, I think it, you know, one is it it does provide a you know safety. It's not pitch black, but it's also, you know, when you do soft lighting, uh, you know, we think of like a street light that's really bright and like super white, and it lights up this area that doesn't feel natural. Uh, but when you do incandescent bulbs and you do the Einstein bulbs, it feels more like natural sunlight and so you're experiencing a place that feels like even after the sun's gone down it kind of feels that, that dusk move and so it feels like it's a natural place for you to be not that you're under like this bright spotlight okay like um, when you're designing for these how do you plan uh, to, to test what you're putting there like you, I'm sure you're excited to put these and it could be, and I know that you guys do surveys, mm -hmm. and sometimes there's a partner company mm -hmm. or like the community who does the surveys. Um, besides the surveys, is there any other way that you guys plan to test it, even if it is qualitatively, just by like? So, you know, in our process, um, after the surveys, when we, when we were thinking about concepts, we, we give them an idea board, um, which really is... Um, something that kind of showcases what we're thinking about. So if we hear that, um, you know, again, traffic is too fast, we'll say, let's put a road diet with some street trees and some bike lanes. Um, and we get feedback on that where they say, we like this idea, this is a good concept, we understand this. Or they can say, we don't quite get this, you can't do this here, you, you know, you're not living here every day. Um, and then once we have that feedback on the, uh, the idea board, then we create a concept map that really solidifies it. Because it's one thing, again, to talk about putting a bike lane or popping up a shop or putting a 20-foot-tall you know, bridge in, in, in the vacant lot. It's another thing to show people uh, in a concept and they wrap their minds around it. Uh, and uh, I think those are the two steps that really help uh, us test, it our, 
the concept and the ideas and, and get that really valuable feedback uh, that makes sure that it's not just us um, saying this is an idea we're going to do, but it's us saying, we heard this, here's a concept, does it make sense? If it does, great. If it doesn't, well, let's figure out some other concepts that, that can address the problem. And was any of the things that you guys put in place in this project not... It didn't meet the expectations that you had? Um, Although it was a success, but it still, it didn't, you were expecting more, something more or more people? Or... I don't know if we were, I mean, I, I think the, the crosswalks that we did um, were a little bit difficult for us to, to put together just because uh, we, we couldn't stop traffic, so that was a, a little bit disappointing. Um, but I, I think for the most part, the stuff that we put out there you know, worked. I think the, the bike lanes uh, weren't used a whole bunch. They were used, but I think really one of the great things about the bike lanes was um, it, it did provide people that buffer from the traffic, so uh, they felt more at ease walking from where the playground was up the street to some of the restaurants or some of the other pop-up stores that we were doing. Nice. Um, if you would have the... Uh what decisions you would have made different if this was a permanent? Um, I think we would have made a more robust uh, concert area and playground. Um, you know, I, I think really tackling that a little bit more and, and, and doing that uh, to a, a grander scale is one of the things that we're doing. I think we were also, if we were going to do this more permanent, you know, we have a bike lane down one side of the road. I think we would have put one down the other. So that way you don't have two people in a five foot bike lane smacking into each other, but you've got one going this way and one coming the other way. Yeah. Do you think that uh, you would have also checked more with the city for their permits and such? Yeah. <laughs> no, if we were doing this permanently, uh, we would have had much longer conversations uh, with the city about the installations that we were doing. Uh, you know, the, the whole project was about 90 days and uh, we would have spent more than 90 days just talking to the city about thinking about <laughs> doing the installation or thinking about making it permanent. Okay. I had a conversation with the transit engineer from Macon mm -hmm. and it's interesting to see everybody from their point of view, mm -hmm. you know, but although the better block in general help everybody to be okay with trying new things. Mm -hmm. I still feel from the transit side, they, it helped, but they still have their reservations about no, and I all think, of these. And I think that's a, um, you know, it's a good observation. You know, I, I, I worked for the city for eight years and I, you know, I, I know the process of, because again, when you work for the city, especially in America, your, your, your job is to always think of you know, you're a regulator, you're trying to think of what's going to go wrong, because that's your job is to protect the citizens from, from things that might, that, that might happen. And, you know, so I, I think that's, you know, that, that it's, it's part of the, um, you know, the, the hurdle and, you know, the, the ongoing conversation to figure out how cities can, can both be that protector of its citizens, but also be that, that innovator, innovator to figure out not just how to protect them, but how to increase their lives and make them yeah. um, make them better. Uh, I think you already answered some of these. Uh, was there anything else that you learned from one of these that 
that you remember from any of the design features? Um, oh, this work, or oh, people, the one you said, cr the cross, the, mm -hmm. the walk passes were not as you expected it, one, because you couldn't reduce mm -hmm. the, the transit, so that was one thing that you guys learned. Mm -hmm. um, um, the other stuff that we learned, uh, I mean, I think one of the one of the other big things I learned was you know we had a few pop up shops that we did in Otamwa, um, the the bagel shop um, that is now has become a brick and mortar, the other um, boutique shop that um, you know I think she borrowed like eighteen hundred eighteen hundred dollars from her, her parents and had made it all back in like the first hour that she'd opened up her store, and I think really one of the big things I learned was, um, you know, you can take buildings that are almost literally falling apart. And if you can find that front 20 feet or the front 20, you know, 30 feet, and you can make that look good, um, you know, you can kind of showcase what's possible in that spot. And then that can have a big effect on the property owner that then makes an investment in the property to say, oh, geez, yeah, there is this market. If I did make an investment in, you know, preserving and improving the, my, my building, someone would want to lease this. And I think that was one of the, the other things that we learned. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Those are actually good things, and, and that goes with my next question, because I was going to ask you how do you assess that your design, the design features, each of them worked or not, and you just mentioned two of the the pop-up shops became mm -hmm. permanent yeah. and successful. So, uh, yeah. is there any other way that, how do you assess after it's done, you get your things back, you go home, and you say, okay, like, you meet with your team and say, okay, this project, this work because or... I, I mean, I think part of it is just, uh, you know, we, we take data on, uh, you know, the people that are out there, how they're enjoying the space, how they're lingering, you know, and that's really reflective of, you know, it can give us some really good feedback, um, you know, in this case as well, you know, it, it did show that people lingered more, that they were, you know, engaged more, and, you know, for the kids' playground, just the amount of, you know, the amount of kids that were there on a, on a Thursday night playing there. You know, in, in places that, again, you know, right, you know, at four o'clock that afternoon was a gravel lot. And then, you know, by seven, you have, you know, 50 kids playing on it. You're like, okay, well, this works. <laughs> you know, there are kids here and they're liking this. Uh, so, you know, and that's always, um, I'm sure Olivia can tell you the same thing. Because uh, I designed the bridge. And as, you know, when, when you see a design that you create um, come to life and then people enjoy it, it's always very satisfying. Yeah. Um can you tell me a little more how this uh, philosophy, before that, uh, although it sounds a silly question, but for future projects, would you use it, would you recommend in when developing infrastructure and when possible to test real prototypes, not just like a 3D model, but actually community input in a prototype? Yeah, I, I think it's really, because uh, I mean, I've been a part of projects, you know, working for the city where you create a rendering you can even now use like virtual reality where you put on a headset and you can look around and you can feel it but there's something really different about walking through a space feeling you know feeling how it looks like when you do have a bike lane here and you have street trees or when you do have businesses and everything like there is something different about that feeling um, that I don't think you can get from pictures um, or from a 3d model um, you know, it's it's an experience that you know, as as much as we're going to progress with with technology, until you have that actual experience, I think goes a long way. Nice. 
I forgot the question I was gonna ask when I self-interrupted myself. That was the last question, but oh yeah, um, you mentioned something before about democratizing the or like the design can help democratizing a community. Can you expand on that? How this prototyping methodology, how when somebody prototypes can democratize their design and in the community. Because not all prototypes can democratize. Right, and I think it's. I think it has to do with this idea that uh, you know part of prototyping is understanding that nothing is going to be completely perfect, um, but that you can showcase really good design really quickly, uh, as long as you have a few people that know what they're doing. Um, and I know some of the digital fabrication, you know, that that really helps to to empower communities to take their ideas and not have to have an expert standing right over them to go do some of the work. You know, they, they don't have to have someone who knows how to build a really good, you know, some really good street benches or a bus stop or this parklet. If they can go online and find those plans um, and, and quickly create them, they can go, you know, Again, amateurs can go out there and all of a sudden create this stuff. And I think that really goes to the, the sense of the more people that have access to that. You know, it's like, you know, the more people have access to the vote, the better democracy works. The more people that have access to good and high design, the better our community is going to look. And, 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 you know, the more people are going to have that sense of pride in it. Yeah, that sense of pride, sense of belonging. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. studies show, you know, a sense of belonging or a sense of communities that. You know, the second most important thing about people feeling, you know, at home in a place. And so I think when you do have that, you know, that 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 involvement and that engagement and you, you're walking down the street and you're like, I help build this community, I help be a part of this, I think that goes a long way. And, you know, through democratizing high design, I think, you know, it, it does go a long way to creating really good, really good places uh, without having to rely on a whole, you know, yeah, a whole van full of experts coming into your town and doing it. Yeah. And my last question, and this is from the designer's point of view, mm -hmm. here from the people at Better Block, having the opportunity to do a prototype, how does it help or influences? What does yeah? How does it influence or how does it help to the designer to do a temporary versus a permanent project? Um, what benefits and pitfalls? Yeah, I think. When you're doing a, a, a permanent project, that's it. You've got one go at it, and that's it, you're done. And I think when you're doing a, a temporary project, uh, it allows you to be really creative, you know, you know, push the limits of what you're, what you're thinking about doing, uh, and then curtail that over and over again. So, you know, it, it's this idea that, um, you know, uh, I don't know, you, you, you're able to continue to modify your design over and over again, and you're able to keep working and, and keep creating things that are, that are better and more unique and more creative, um, and that it doesn't have to be, all right, this is it, and that's, that, that's it, you're done. There's no, there's no authorization, it's that dynamic prototyping, or whatever it is that we came up earlier, you know, um, where it's, you know, it's a living thing, you can keep working on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. So it allows you to... I think uh, I think Krista said this fear of permanency, but yeah. it reduces the fear of failure. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, no, I mean it allows you. Uh, 
you know, to say, hey, what if we pitted biplanes down here? And you go paint them, you say, all right, well, that failed. That's not the end of the world. You didn't, like, invest millions of dollars to do this or, or you know, totally waste all your political capital on it. You're like, well, we did it, and, you know, it didn't work. Or we did it, and, hey, look, it worked. You know, or we did it, and we realized that this street worked great, but the other street, it could be a share or it could be something different. And I think that's, you know, that, you know, it removes, like she said, that fear of, well, it's got to be permanent, and that's it, versus the, so let's try it out. Nice. Well, thank you. Let me again say the...